morning, church. How's everybody doing? Last week we talked about expectations. Today I want to talk about expectations again. Expectations we have as a leadership for our church. Today I want to talk to you about groups. There seems to be a lot of questions about groups the last several years. Um, I fielded a lot of questions about groups. What are groups? Why do we have groups? What are your expectations for groups? So I'm going to answer a lot of those questions today to hopefully help you understand what our vision is and what we mean by groups. So we're going to jump right in. You, you were doing groups before I got here, so you know groups. I don't know how you did groups exactly, but I know there are still many people who don't understand our strategy. So again, I want to explain our strategy today, I want to explain our expectations today, and I want to challenge you. <clears throat> you might remember this slide, one of our core values is groups. Several years ago, we had 12 or 13 members cross-section of the congregation that met for about six months. Who do we want to be as a church? And what do we want to be as a church? And where do we want to go as a church? And one of our core values on the top right is groups. So we're explaining groups. We believe that groups are important. In order to be a healthy church, in order to be a church that continually is growing young, in order to be an attractive church, we believe that we need to have groups. And so we've said this, we will connect with others in a small group to experience the growth and encouragement that comes by being in community with others. Hebrews 10, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. <clears throat> so let's get to the first question. Why groups? Why do we do groups? Why groups? Mason um, read this. Let me do this again. <clears throat> they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They met together every day in the temple courts and in their homes, breaking bread and sharing their food. They met together. They met together in the temple courts. They met together in their homes. They met together for study. They met together for fellowship. They met together for the breaking of bread and communion. They met together for prayer. They met together to worship God. They met together to encourage one another. They met together to do life together. They met together. Let me say that another way. They grouped together. So in the first century, you'd find a group of Christians at this house and a group of Christians at this house and a group of Christians throughout all of the cities and towns. They grouped together. So let me share some quotes with you. Rick Warren at the Saddleback Valley Community Church. They have about 30,000 people. So obviously they don't have a church building that will house 30,000 people. That would not be wise. So they have lots and 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 lots of groups. He says, here's one of the reasons people come back to your church. You've got them connected in a small group or ministry. That's one of our goals. We want to get people connected. Here's what Dan Ryland says. The most common reason people check out your church is someone invited them. The most common reason people leave your church is they don't feel connected. I like what Ed Stetzer and Tom Rainier say in their book. People are not looking for friendly churches. People are looking for friends. People are going to various churches, you know, years and years and years ago, if you move from one town to another, you went to the same church, the same denomination, the same faith. These days, people are going looking for friends. 
Tom Rainier researched over 2,000 churches of different sizes, locations, and denominations. His research revealed that the ministry of small groups was the number one factor in helping new believers find meaningful and lasting fellowship and ministry through the church. Groups, that's one of our core values. That's what we believe in, groups. People stay active in church when they're connected. People stay active in any organization when they are connected. So again, let me share some quotes with you. There's no way you'll be able to grow spiritually apart from a deep involvement in a community of believers. Trey Morgan, Christianity is about relationships. Love God, love others. You can't do one without the other. We just studied Ephesians. Here's a quote from Ephesians. In Him, the whole body, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Here's another translation. In Him, each separate piece of building, properly fitting into its neighbor, grows together into a temple consecrated to God. You are all part of this building in which God Himself lives by His Spirit. Ephesians, again, we just studied Ephesians. We are all members of one body. I love the translation from the message. In Christ's body, we are all connected to each other. Let me give you one more from Philippians. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. So that's why we do groups. We do groups because they're biblical. We do groups because it's one of our core values. We do groups to build relationships. We do groups to be in community. So I need to continue talking to you about expectations and answering some questions. So what exactly are groups? Groups are whatever you want a group to be. You get to decide. If you want to group up with someone, you get to decide. So we have groups meeting today after worship. We used to call them Sunday morning Bible classes. We call all of our stuff groups now. But groups don't have to be study groups. Groups can be fellowship groups. We have groups that meet for breakfast. We have groups that meet for supper. We have groups that meet for Sunday lunch. We have groups that travel and vacay together. We have groups that sew together. We have groups that do service projects together. You get to decide. If you say, you know what, I want to group up with some people. If I want to meet together with some people, you get to decide. Groups are anything you want them to be. So again, what are the different kinds of groups? We need people to lead our study groups. That'd be on Sunday mornings, most of them, but you could have a study group during the week. We need people to lead fellowship groups. We need some people to lead some money management, some Dave Ramsey groups. We need people to lead new member groups. We need people to lead groups. We need people to lead a texting group or an encouraging, uh, encouragement group. I've got a friend in the DFW area that every Monday he sends a devotional thought to his group. Maybe your group does that. I don't know. That'd be a great thing to do. But you get to decide what your group is and what your group does. What's the size of groups? Well, you get to decide. You're going to keep hearing me say that about 15 times. You get to decide. If you want your group to be 100, it's not a small group anymore. Ideally, small groups are 8 to 12. Ideally, small groups are 8 to 12. Research shows, studies show that a healthy dynamic happens when there's 8 to 12. When you get to 15, you're on the border of not being a small group anymore. But you get to decide. 
12 to 15, 8 to 12, people, studies show people open up more and people share more. But you get to decide. You might already be in a group of 15 or 30 or 45 or 60, but you get to decide. If you want to have that many people in your house, you get to decide. It's your group. So just know that the dynamic changes when you get past 12 to 15 people. How often should my group meet? You get to decide. If you want to meet every week, you get to decide. If you want to meet four times a month, you get to decide. If you want to meet four weeks on, take four weeks off, you get to decide. If you want to do an eight-week study, eight weeks on and eight weeks off, you get to decide. So as you're getting the impression, you've got to have flexibility with groups. And we want to have flexibility with groups. What about Sunday morning groups? Again, these are what we've always called Sunday morning Bible classes. Sunday morning groups are the only ones that are going to have some kind of parameters. Our Sunday morning groups will follow the quarter system. They'll cover a different study, a different subject every 13 weeks. We want them to coordinate with our children's classes, our youth classes. That's why we're staying on the quarter system for those. They're the only ones that have time parameters because we need you to go pick up your kids. And that's why you're going to hear voices in your room. So they're the only ones that um, have some parameters. Every quarter we want to have some textual offerings for you. We want to have some topical offerings to you. And you get to decide what class you go to. Are you going to make groups split up? I've heard that for 25 years. And I'm going to tell you this. So you need to hear this. We'll never split your group up. I'm going to say that again. We will never split your group up. If you're thinking we're going to split your group up, we're never going to split your group up. Some of y'all have been in the same group for a while, since Noah. We're not going to split your group up. If you want to do life together with your group, that's great. We want you to do life together with your group. But let me have you consider a few things. Think back to your 20s and 30s when you were in a group, because you've told me about those groups. And I've through the years, I've known about those groups. And in your 20s and 30s, you're starting a family and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're struggling with various job concerns and, and you had a group and you did life together and you did kids together and you raised kids together and you prayed together and you did everything together and that's what we're looking for in groups. You explain that to some people and they're like, oh, that's what you mean by groups. It's whatever you want groups to be. Or think about your group now. Maybe your group hasn't met in a while because of the pandemic, and maybe your group never stopped meeting. But this last year has certainly been a lot of challenges, and if it wasn't for your group, maybe your group kept meeting. Maybe your group called each other. Maybe your group texted each other. Maybe your group paid to get, prayed together. Those are the kind of groups that we're looking for. But listen, not everybody has a group. And we've got some people looking for groups. And we need some group leaders. So try to imagine if you want to be in a group and you can't get in a group. And it's tough to get in a group. People are trying to connect. People want to be in a group. So I want us to be sensitive to people who aren't in groups. Some of y'all have lived here in this church, in this town, in the same house for a long time. And it's easy to become a little cliquish. And it's easy to become um, insensitive to any outsiders. But if we want to grow our church and be a healthy church, I want you to always have eyes on people who might need to be in a group. We want everyone to belong. We want everyone to be connected. We want everyone to have that bond with their group. Our goal, our desire 
our expectation is for everyone to be connected in a ministry or a group. And so we need people to lead groups. We constantly need people to lead groups. We need to be a church that's constantly starting new groups. If you want to be a healthy church, that's what studies show. We need to constantly be having new um, groups. Again, maybe you want to leave your group. I'll never tell you to leave your group. But maybe you're thinking, you know what? I'm going to stay right here in my group. But I, I feel like God's calling me to go lead a group for four weeks. Just tell your group it's a God thing. You can't argue with that. Just say, I'm going to go lead a new member group. I'm going to go lead a Dave Ramsey Financial. I'll be back. And if your group meets on Sunday night, maybe you do this on Monday night. Or if your group meets on... what You can stay in your group. We're not ever going to pull you out of your group. So I want you to know that we need leaders. And maybe you are called to lead another group, but you get to stay in your group. You get to decide. You get to decide. So I want you to think about something. 1 John 3.18 Dear children... Let's stop saying we love each other. Let's really show it by our actions. So let me give you a modern day translation of what that verse says. That verse says, no more lip service. Let's don't just give lip service to our Christianity. Let's don't just give lip service to this church. Let's don't just give lip service to our groups. Let's don't just give lip service to each other. Listen, it's not unusual to hear someone say, in all of my life, it's not unusual to hear someone say, you know, I didn't come to worship for three months and nobody called. Imagine this last year, plus with the pandemic... People haven't been able to come to church. We didn't even have church for a while. We weren't open in the building. We kept sending you online videos. But imagine the people that are not connected. And people say, you know, I didn't come to worship for three months and nobody called. Imagine how they feel. You know what they're saying? You know what we're saying to them? We really don't love you very much. You're like, Richie, that's kind of harsh. not trying to be harsh because that verse says, stop. Stop just saying it. Start showing it. Stop saying we care about people. You know, our bulletin, we hadn't even done a bulletin in a year. I don't even know what a bulletin looks like. At the top of the bulletin, it used to say, believe, connect, care. And when people go three months and nobody cares, maybe it's time to change the bulletin. Believe, connect, we don't care. No more lip service. So, remember that phrase, actions speak louder than words? So, no more lip service. Let me explain. Let me give you a couple expectations today. So, the first expectation, that means I'm giving you homework. Let me give you some homework today. Let me give you some application today. So, I want to challenge the congregation. I want to challenge ministry leaders. I want to challenge our current um, group leaders. I want to challenge our staff. I want to challenge our shepherds. I think I've covered everybody. Call somebody. No more lip service. Take out a church directory and call somebody. No more lip service. Text somebody, reach out to somebody, write somebody, call somebody, go check on somebody. If we're going to be a church, if we're going to be a community of believers, if we really care, if we're going to be connected, here's your first assignment. During the rest of April, I want you to call somebody. I mean, it's so exciting that we're, we're starting to open up and, and we're starting our classes today and we're getting a little closer to whatever normal used to be. 
But you know what? A lot of people we haven't seen in a year, we don't even know if they're going to church here anymore. We know some of them are going to church somewhere else. Call them. Call them. Everybody in here has got a connection with somebody. You've got a group of somebodies. Call them. Call them. I don't need to call them. They're okay. Call them. I'm not asking. No more lip service. Call them. Why well, call them every week? Call them again. How you doing? How's your faith? Can I pray for you? Is there anything you need? No more lip service. Call them. It's been a year since we've seen some people. Call them. Call them. That's everybody in this room. Well, that's what shepherds are supposed to do. Yep. That's what the staff's supposed to do. Yep. And that's what group leaders in small groups are supposed to do. Call the people in your group. Check on them. Ask them if they're doing okay. Richie, I didn't come for homework. I'm not giving you homework. I was giving you scripture. Stop saying it. Let's show it. So the rest of April, call them. Text them. Check on them. Is there anything that you need? Your next homework assignment. If you're a current group leader, would you, would you send me an email? Richie, I'm a current group leader. Here's who's in our group. Here's how often we're meeting. We've not been meeting. Would you just give me an update on your group? If you're a current group leader, would you just give me an update? We need to see who's meeting and not meeting. Would you let me know that? If you're thinking about being a potential group leader, hey, Richie, I'll, I'll lead a Dave Ramsey class. I'll do that on Sunday morning. I'll do that on Wednesday night. I'll do that on Tuesday. I'll do that during breakfast. Or, Richie, I'll, I'll meet with some new members. I'll meet with some people that are looking for a group. I'll peel off from my group right now, or I'll keep meeting with my group, and I'll do this as well. If God's calling you to, to be one of those group leaders, I'm not asking you to sign up for the rest of your life. This isn't fourth grade, and we'll put you in a classroom until... Um, yeah, we, we need group leaders. Okay? We need group leaders. So would you send me an email? Listen, church, um, I know this is strong. This isn't a request. This is one of our core values. And we believe in this. It's a ministry we believe in, and we're going to do this. We're going to be a healthy church. We're going to make this work. And to make this work, I need some updates, and I need some new leaders. Groups are what this church needs. Groups are what make churches grow. Groups are what people need. Groups are what you need. Churches that are healthy and churches that are growing have groups. We're, this isn't anything new. You can go to any church in town. You can go to any faith in town. They do groups. They believe in groups. And we believe in groups too. And we're going to make groups work. So we need to be connected in community. Why are we doing this? Because we think this is going to make a big impact. It's going to make a big impact. One, we believe small groups are the best way to have meaningful relationships. Think about it. We come in to worship. How you doing? I'm good. Did you watch? All right, see you later. A brief interaction, but in a group, you can have a meaningful relationship. Programs and ministry are not our goal. Programs and ministry are good. People are our goal. And we want to place a high value on relationships. Why are we doing this? Number two, we believe the best way to help people grow spiritually and mature spiritually is through groups. That's why we're doing that. Number three, we believe small groups are where you give and receive. You give and receive encouragement. You give and receive prayer. You give and receive comfort. So we expect our groups to have accountability. We expect our groups to reach out to each other, just answering some questions that you have about groups. We expect our groups to be calling their people when they're not here. Again, it's not just another meeting. It's not just give you something else to do. It's not just going through the motions. 
It's not just another fellowship meal. It's not just another Bible class lesson. It's about relationships and living in community. Let me read you this. People stick with churches where they have healthy relationships. People stick with churches when they are connected. 20% of people who drop out of church indicate they had no meaningful relationships. We're going to change that. All right? It's one of our core values. No more lip service. We're going to do this. We're not just going to go through the motions. We're going to do this. So I just wanted you to know this is an expectation. This isn't a guilt trip. I hope I haven't come across it. I'm not trying to guilt you into this. I'm trying to challenge us to have healthy relationships. You need healthy relationships. That's how we grow spiritually. And again, you get to decide. That should be about 15 times today. You get to decide. You get to decide. If you want to group up with one or two other couples and just have four or six and meet together for supper once a month, that's a group. If you want to do that for breakfast, that's a group. You get to decide. Just group up with someone and say, hey, do you want to do life together with me? And maybe you want to do that for a year. And maybe you want to do that for two years. You get to decide. Let's pray.